Hello, Hello world. Welcome to episode 13 of The Conscious Cut, where we keep it real about sustainability in life and style, bringing you our point of view as women of color every first Wednesday of the month. We are your hosts, Jaleesa and me. Thanks for joining us. Our special guest today is Aisha Berenblatt. Aisha is a social entrepreneur with a passion for building sustainable supply chains that respect people and our planet. With over 15 years in the game, she has worked across both the public and private sector, from leading brand engagement at Better Work to providing strategic advice to brands like Levi, Nike, and Gucci. Since founding Remake, a nonprofit organization focused on promoting sustainable fashion in 2016, Aisha is on a mission to make the industry more just, transparent, and accountable. Aisha, do you mind sharing how you identify with The Conscious Crew? Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. I identify as she, her. I am Pakistani-American. I grew up in Karachi, which is home to a lot of production where our jeans and tops come from. And I have been in the U.S. some 20 years, so I guess I'm half and half now. And I like nothing better than spending a Saturday talking to badass women of color about how we're going to make this industry more just and accountable. So thank you for having me. Hey, <laughs> right on. Appreciate you. <laughs> so I have to say, Aisha, it is such an honor to be speaking with you today. I, like me was saying earlier, so want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> I'm fangirling over you. I was like, I wish oh I was as cool and as interesting when I was your age, you know? Uh, Stop it. <laughs> it has been uh, truly so lovely learning and working with you and the team at Remake for the last few years. As you know, I'm an ambassador and now woo, woo, a community organizer, which, oh my gosh, the time flies. Indeed, indeed. I mean, the community organizers are the heartbeat of our movement. You know, it's sort of people like you, JL, that really help us connect with everyday people to understand, hey, how does fashion connect to the climate crisis? How does fashion connect to women's empowerment? So thank you for all that you do for Remake. Yeah, thank you for allowing me to be a part of the, the team. So in all of my years of being a part of the fashion industry, which we won't go into that again, <laughs> how many years I've been in, but the ones that I've spent with Remake have been the most inspiring and engaging because I know that our efforts are directly creating collective change. And it isn't easy, though, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not easy. We've had some hard fights this year, right? But we won many of them. And I think that really speaks to the collective power of our community. Oh, 100%. And... Although I wasn't able to do a lot of in-person events in the last year, maybe even two years, I have encountered a lot of people in Seattle who say that they know about sustainable fashion, but haven't quite broken their habits of shopping fast fashion. And this isn't judgment. It's just an observation because y'all know that I, I love to observe but it, it is interesting. It is. And, you know, habits take time to change, right? Mm -hmm. And so, as you know, we at Remake are really focused on, well, how do we make this movement more accessible and inclusive? I've always said it's not about where you're shopping per se. If you can afford, change your shopping habits and embrace some of the more sustainable, smaller brands, great. 
But thrifting is an option. Secondhand is an option. Swapping is really fun. But as you know, the number one thing that we do at Remake is really use our voice to be advocating for the women who make our clothes, who, by the way, tend mostly to be women of color and to be fighting for our planet. And I think thinking of ourselves as a sustainable citizen rather than a sustainable consumer is really where the power lies. Mm, I like that. And on that note, I recently made a short video about this with another ambassador. Shout out to Emily, which I can't wait to release for Remake. And I got the idea from another ambassador who walked the streets of LA. I don't know if you remember Aisha, to find out some of the same things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so fun just walking up to people like, hey, what are you shopping? What does it say about you? Uh-huh. Yep. So needless to say, education is definitely needed in this area, which leads into my question for you. What would you say is the benefit of having a nonprofit organization like Remake in the fashion industry? Yeah, you know, as someone who has worked in the fashion industry like you for many years, one of the things that I realized was a lot of the research, a lot of the education was coming from the industry itself, right? And we know that 30 years of voluntary efforts and the industry sort of setting their own goals, whether it's to address gender equity or climate justice, is simply not making enough progress. And so I founded Remake as a nonprofit taking no money from the fashion industry. As you guys know, we are very grassroots, you know, we fund ourselves relying on small donations. I know, JL, you were part of our Give Your Values campaign. And so what that allows us to do is to be really transparent in in rating the brands, in providing education on who are the better actors, who are the ones not doing right by people and the planet. And so I think divesting from the industry and being this independent nonprofit watchdog is really important because that's how you get accountability. You know, and I can't tell you how many people have told me, well, what if you were a social enterprise? What if you were for profit? Mm. But Remake's mission around justice and accountability means that it was really important to me that we were a nonprofit, that we were fully transparent about who funds us, which is all of us as grassroots, you know, Mm -hmm. people who care and what we're doing with the money, which is, you know, free educational resources, making this movement accessible to all and really holding the industry to account. And so for all of those reasons, having a nonprofit was really important to me. Well, that's amazing that, yeah, I, (laughs) I don't think I knew that about the, uh, pressure of um, other people in the industry maybe asking you or telling you or suggesting that you should not be a, a nonprofit. Yeah, we've sort of lost our way in some ways. You know, we seem to think somehow that everything in the world will be solved by a market-based solution. You know, it's like, oh, for us to be good people, we have to be sustainable consumers. Or for someone to make a difference in the world, they have to launch another ethical brand or another sustainable product. And You know, the truth is with 100 billion units of clothes being put out in the world when there's not even 8 billion people on the planet, we honestly don't need to be making more stuff. We need to be, you know, exercising our advocacy muscle and, you know, really pushing this industry that we love so much to center the climate crisis and to put women first. Say that again for the people in the back. (laughs) That, That is so true. 
And Aisha, before I get into my question, and this is kind of an off question, what are your thoughts about brands in general? I won't even call out fashion brands, but brands in general who do the greenwashing in the fashion industry? Yeah, you know, it's it's hard, right? 15 years ago when I went down this track, like people didn't even know what sustainable fashion or ethical fashion was, right? We were this very niche community. And for us as advocates and people who've been fighting for justice and accountability in the industry for so hard, it's so difficult when brands co-opt the movement and the conversation essentially to sell us more stuff, you know? And it makes me... Uh, have so much empathy for all of you who are out there trying to do the right thing when it's so hard to know, well, what's a sustainable material? You know, is this label mean it's a good brand or a bad brand? And I think that the number one way to really cut past that greenwashing is to know that if the brand is in the business of selling you something, you know, whether it's slogan tees, caring for a particular cause woke washing or being really opaque about, well, who's made this? Where has it been made? How much did it cost? How were the people treated? Then it really is greenwashing. And I think that we are becoming more discerning as everyday citizens. That's one of my life's missions within Remake is to help everyone cut past the greenwashing. But it's hard, you know, because brands spend millions of dollars in marketing and, and making us think that they're something when what they're doing is the opposite. Which is why, you know, right in time for the holiday season, we released our accountability report, which is looking at the top 60 fashion brands and really taking a deep dive on, well, what is their actual environmental footprint? How do they treat women? They talk about diversity and inclusion, but are they actually recruiting and retaining people of color? So my hope is that reporting like that makes it easy for all of us to cut past the greenwashing. What do you say to someone that I would say for myself, because I'd shared this in the past, how I had an extremely bad shopping habit and, (laughs) and I'm obviously still learning how to kind of go away or come away with that from that. I guess the question is, why should I care? Why should someone that loves to shop, why should they care? about organizations like you being part of the industry or just why should they care about the movement? Our slogan at Remake is wear your values. And so rather than me telling you why you should care, that slogan is really an invitation to say, well, what are your values? Do you care about a world that is addressing the climate crisis and this ecological disaster that's upon us? Do you care for generations of humanity to survive on this planet? Do you believe that women of color should be lifted up rather than trapped in a cycle of poverty? Do you believe that profitability should be shared rather than extracted from people of color to make a few white folks up top better off? Do you believe in diversity and inclusion? And if all of those things are your value system, then this movement is for you because fashion is a really accessible way to have an understanding and frankly, to make a difference around in your own individual way, addressing these issues that often seem so intractable and hard, you know? 
I can't tell you how many people are surprised that robots don't make our clothes. And, you know, once you really watching our made-in documentaries, seeing our reporting from around the world, put a face, a human face to who makes our clothes. You know, she is about your age and she too has hopes and dreams and enters the big bad world of factory production in order to have a better life. And because of how fashion, especially in the last decade, has been coming to us sooner, faster and cheaper, Um, that has a very real cost on her life. You know, something that is cheaper than your favorite kombucha or coconut water means that she is deciding whether she eats one meal a day or two because her wages are shrinking while everything around her is getting more expensive. When we have want things faster and faster in the Amazon Prime world, one click and it's at our doorstep, that means she's having to work an 11, 12-hour day and likely be sexually harassed on her walk home. And so, you know, with the remake, it really is about remaking those connections of that human bond of the hundreds of peoples whose hopes and dreams are embedded in the seams of our clothes. And so we really welcome you from a place of learning. I'd say shaming you in any way for your shopping habit is absolutely not what I would do because... You know, you are up against a marketing machine that makes you want to buy, buy more. But I'm sure in the pandemic, when we've all been doing some spring cleaning and Marie Kondoing our closet, that as you look at the reams and reams of stuff and badly made stuff, that it probably doesn't spark a lot of joy. And if anything, in our community, when they take the no new clothes pledge over the summer share, gosh, being on a fashion diet and really investing more in community and being around like-minded people, That makes me a lot happier. I would say to you, you know, be a part of our movement. Lean in, come to our community meetings, discover what it means to have style rather than following the TikTok trends. And it'll leave you happier. And hopefully your clothes and wardrobe would then match your value system. If that doesn't make you care, then I don't know what will. Does that make you even a little curious, you know, knowing that we're not shaming you in any way for your shopping habits? We're just wanting you to be a little bit more curious about who and how your clothes are made and where they end up. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I think in just doing this podcast and having so many different speakers that are so involved in the industry, I think the topic or the word for me that keeps coming up is just keep asking questions and being curious and wanting to know more. And I think what you said is just, wow, (laughs) putting it into a different perspective. I mean, we're such a consumer-based society that I don't think most of us have a time, take a moment to stop and think before we do anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being curious and asking questions and wanting to know more is probably where someone should start, especially for yeah, also freeing ourselves from the guilt. In many ways, it's the brands that have been marketing and marketing at you nonstop in order for you to feel like you need that or you need this. And so much like when we are on a food diet, it doesn't really work, right? Unless we're entering it consciously and thinking about why we're doing it. I think to ask someone to buy less, it's like, well, what do I get in return? And I think what we're offering at Remake is, well, community, you know, we as human beings. And I think certainly the pandemic has taught us this. We are 
creatures of community. We want to be around people that care and share our value system. And so that's really my mission at Remake is I'm not trying to take something away from you. How about we do this other thing instead, which is coming together for a greater cause. And JL can speak to that. It really does feel like a family. And, and that seems so much more fun than just mindlessly shopping late at night when you don't have anything else to do. <laughs> Yeah, and doing it together, right? And doing it with compassion because you you touched on something that I think I spoke about in one of our earlier episodes as well as the guilt. I worked with a company that for a very long time uh, and still, still does contribute to a lot of the things that we're trying to combat at Remake. And so there was a sense of guilt that I carried around knowing that I was also supporting that. But that doesn't get you anywhere. All you have to do is have the awareness and say, you know, yeah, I did that. And now I'm going to do better. And, you know, it's like, well, I have to pay my bills. And even if I am inside a company by having this kind of consciousness, then perhaps I can ask the harder questions and be a change maker from within. So I think it really is letting go of that guilt. And now I have one more suggestion for you. You know, our advocacy and policy director, Elizabeth Klein, she is a self-professed recovering fast fashion addict. And uh, she wrote this wonderful book, Overdressed. And so if you're thinking of doing some reading over the holidays, maybe her journey might inspire you um, to, to join our movement. Oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't read that one, so I might add that to the list. We're currently reading Consumed. Oh, yes. It's, that's her book club book, right? Yeah. Aja is just a force of nature. And I just love how she talks to all these complex issues in such simple speak. Just anyone can understand what she's saying and really taking an intersectional lens to these issues. I know I'm like, every time I turn a page, I'm like, can I just be your best friend already? (laughs) I think we don't have to wait in line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll take a number and I can wait. That's totally fine. (laughs) So Aisha, um, how do we know whether or not a nonprofit is greenwashing? What should we look for and what questions should we ask? It's such an excellent question, you know, and I'd say first and foremost, follow the money. If a nonprofit, it's like, well, who are their funders? Who are their donors? Who supports them? And if it is industry funded and industry paid for, you know, I would be discerning about that. I'd say the second is, do they listen to your feedback? You know, do you feel like you have an in into the organization and are able to share what you're needing or wanting? Or does the process feel opaque? I will say based on reporting guidelines and governance, nonprofits tend to have more stringent measures than for-profit organizations. But that's, I think, the where does the money come from? Are they sharing with you how it's spent? And are they listening to you as their customer would be the, the three ways to see whether or not a nonprofit is greenwashing? Because the thing is, it's hard, right? Everyone is in the midst of wanting to grow and be successful. And so there is greenwashing all around. And I'm sure it feels exhausting to try and cut through all that noise and figure out what's real and what's not. I mean, I uh, volunteer a lot with Goodwill and I recently did a fundraising event with them and I was going to, they were doing an auction in addition to that. And there's a piece that I wanted to provide for their auction, but it was, it's something that I'm selling on behalf of someone else. And so I asked for their permission and they didn't want me to do it because of some things that they felt, I guess, could be likened to greenwashing with the organization. 
So I don't know, I guess I bring that up to say, how do you separate rumors, I guess, or do you like, do you get what I'm saying? Cause like the thing that the person thought was true, but it was true for a certain segment of Goodwill because every Goodwill acts as an independent organization. And it wasn't true for the one that I've been volunteering with. And so that kind of tarnished that person's view of the organization altogether. How do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with, okay, maybe one nonprofit that has the same sort of mission is doing something that could be like into greenwashing. And then that tarnishes someone's view of all nonprofit organizations, even though Remake may not be participating in the same sort of activity. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard. For one thing, nonprofits, we're already operating from a place of scarcity. We are trying to tackle such wicked, complex problems. And I do think that part of this is that there is this cancel culture out there around presuming guilt without really giving you an opportunity to share transparently what you're all about. And so I think with that, it really just comes to hyper-transparency and accountability. You know, I'll give you a specific example with our 2021 accountability report, you know, we ranked brands and we were very clear, like in the body of the report and how we introduced it, look, we take no affiliate marketing. They don't treat this as an endorsement for the brands who scored higher. This is really a tool for systemic reform in the industry, but we still had people, you know, come out and be quite cross with us. Like, well, how come this brand has a higher score and how come that brand? And so some of this is about you do the best you can and, you know, you over communicate, you listen to your community and you share back to the best of your ability. And we really did try to do that with the accountability report to say, don't look at this as an endorsement of any brand. You know, sustainability is a journey. Mm-hmm. And for every brand, there is always much more that they can do to be thinking about and centering people and the planet to be really tackling diversity inclusion. I mean, the average brand scored something like 17 points out of 150. So we know the industry is not getting there, but there are some brands, especially the smaller ones that do better than the others. So I would say that's really how we continue to strive to be honest and accountable to our community. You know, our Instagram, for example, a manager, really pays attention to what people have to say. They take the feedback. We are humble in apologizing if we feel like a post or something we've shared is amiss. And so I think part of it is also that we're not perfect. We're just doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a, a good life motto. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to the to the report that you've spoken about, we have a lot of resources and tools at Remake. Where do you want those who are ready to to know more, to learn more, to grow more about themselves, about you and the organization to start? Yeah, I would say, you know, so much of everything that starts, it starts with education, right? And that is one of the core pillars of our work. And people have different amounts of time are different kinds of learners, which is why all of our education resources are free. If you are a visual learner over the holidays, I'd say watch Made in Cambodia or watch Made in Sri Lanka. It's sort of a quick eight to 10 minute documentary for you to have an understanding of how your clothes are made, who makes them, and maybe that will settle with you to want to ask more questions. If you are an 
auditory learner, you know, we have recommendations of some of our favorite podcasts, this one included, you know, have a listen as you're driving or walking to learn more. If you are much more interested in sort of having quick understanding stats, facts of the industry, a sense of who's doing better, who's doing worse, give our Instagram a follow, Remake Our World. We try to, in bite-sized ways, give you and arm you with the knowledge and facts. You know, if you want to curl up with a book, we've talked about that, maybe do some holiday reading. But my hope is that, you know, once we do feel educated, it's not to feel helpless. And that's really where our advocacy work comes in. The next step from being woke and educated is, well, what am I going to do about this? And that's where you can attest to this, JL, our campaigning, whether it's, you know, signing a petition, sending a postcard to a policymaker or legislator, coming together to make calls, to write to brands. We try and make it very easy for us as a collective to hold this industry to account, to make our campaigning accessible. Because my biggest fear is once you know We don't want you to be overwhelmed and say, oh my gosh, this is one more problem I have to worry about. It's to arm you and to make you feel empowered to be the difference and and the change in the industry that we all so desperately want to see. And where, where can everyone go to find this information? So you can come to our platform, remake.world, you know, lots and lots of fun resources there. If you are more a social media person, then our TikTok, our Instagram, our Twitter is Remake Our World. That's our handle. Awesome. Thank you so much, Aisha and everyone for taking the time to kick back and be conscious with us. Make sure to follow The Conscious Cut on your favorite social media platform and share one thing you would like to do to become more sustainable. Then stay tuned for the next episode to learn how to serve a look. Mark your calendars for February 2nd, 2022. Until then, bye world. world.